Blog Talk Radio. Live from Washington, D.C., it's quintessential listening. Poetry Online Radio. QLPOR, as it's widely known, features a bevy of poets, spoken word artists, and live poetry readings with best-selling authors. Your host is Dr. Michael Anthony Ingram. Good evening, everyone. Thank you for joining in. My guests tonight are Brian Stark and Lindsay Gill. Brian Stark hails from Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. He is a poet who believes poetry has the power to unite people. As an example, he has created many Facebook poetry groups that unify people. It is no secret that Brian is the king of Facebook poetry groups. His groups have a combined membership of over 200,000 members, and that's a conservative estimate. In the online world, he is the man to know. Lindsay Gill is a freelance illustrator, muralist, and event organizer also living in Philadelphia. She's also a poet and yoga teacher. She's also the main catalyst for the creation of the Zine Collide. A zine, if you did not know, is a small paperback collection, a publication. Collide is a monthly zine of art, poetry, and short stories dedicated to showcasing small creatives in the Philly area. Tonight, Lindsay will talk about Collide, its future, and how creatives can apply for free to be featured in issue three, debuting hopefully in mid to late February. Welcome, Brian and Lindsay, to the program. Good evening. Good evening. I'm, hi, Michael. Nice to meet you. <laughs> it's nice to meet you, too, Lindsay. <laughs> Let's begin this journey. I want to know all about Clyde. Yes, um, I'm happy I'm here tonight to talk about this very special project to me. Uh, it actually started at the cafe near my house that Brian sometimes works at during the week. Um, and I started going there as a way to uh, connect with other local creatives. I myself am an artist and a poet. Uh, and when I came to this cafe, I noticed they had open mic, and I started attending them. And the amount of people that came up to the mic and started saying these beautiful words from their heart, these magnificent poems, just random people off the street um, all coming together to share their passion of the spoken word in this tiny little cafe in Philadelphia. And I was so inspired by these people that I thought to myself, if only I could somehow make a project that uh, intertwined both visual art and uh, writers or spoken word artists into one thing that is tangible, that people can take home with them, rather than only having it in their memory from a night at a open mic. And what I came up with was the idea behind the zine that I am currently working on publishing the third issue of. Um, 
and it's called Collide, an art and creative writing collaboration. And I had my friend Katie Dempsey, a graphic designer, help me to reach out to these people that came to the open mic and ask them to apply to be a part of the first issue. And the process we were thinking was by having open mic people apply and also having spoken word, uh, short story writers, authors, poets, all around the city apply, they would then have the ability to be uh, visually imagined by artists that also apply to the zine. So for an example, uh, if you submitted a poem that was about nature and you had imagery of leaves and the beauty of the natural world in your poem, we would pair you with an artist that is well-known or likes to paint uh, things related to that. So it could be a painter, a collage artist, any kind of art. We accept all forms. Um, and uh, that would be the uh, process in which we would create a piece that is dedicated to this poem or this piece of uh, writing. And it would both highlight the artist's talent and also highlight the writer's talent in one page of the zine, um, or two, depending on the length. And people loved this idea so much. It resonated so well with the community here in Philadelphia that uh, for the second issue, we were able to get not just the uh, first issue's amount of submissions, but double the amount. So we are slowly growing, slowly getting our name out there more. Um, and we even started an Instagram page so that it is easier and more streamlined for people to submit being a featured artist. And uh, that is, this is the part where I um, say, as the MC of the Open Mics often says, uh, plug yourself. So I am plugging my zine. Uh, on your podcast, Michael, that you so kindly invited me to. Um, to submit to Collide, it's very simple. You just follow us on Instagram. The Instagram is at Collide, C-O-L-L-I-D-E, and then Zine, Z-I-N-E, and Philly, P-H-I-L-L-Y. So Collide Zine Philly, give us a follow on Instagram, and you'll find in our bio a, a link and you're going to click on that link, and then you'll see a place, a button that says Artists and Writers Submit Here, and it will take you to a Google form that's very straightforward. Uh, you just enter your name, what you're about, what kind of style of art you do if you're a writer or a poet or an artist, and then you upload a file for whatever piece you want to submit to the zine. Uh, and if you're an artist, that could be a sample of the style of work that you do. And after you submit, um, you will get a reply from us probably in about a week or so, pairing you with your counterpart writer slash artist, depending on which one you are. And 
after that, you will have approximately three to six weeks to collaborate and communicate with your partner on a piece. And we have a, a set deadline that you will also receive to submit the final work. And after that, you uh, all your information is laid out into the zine by my lovely editor. Uh, and it is made into this amazing publication that we have been very successful with marketing in Philadelphia. Um, and the last thing I will mention is if you do submit, you as the artist get a copy of the zine at a discount, and you will also receive a PDF version of the zine to show your friends and family. So it really is a great project to contribute to because it's absolutely free to apply and you if you're afraid of going to a gallery show as an artist and showing your work this is a way to still share your work but also not have it so out in the open and it's also a great way to collaborate with a writer which I think is the unique aspect of it you're not just submitting art you're submitting a piece that you are sharing in a way with another creative that has just as many interests and passions as you in something that is unforgettable because it's printed on paper and it will last forever as long as you keep it safe on your bookshelf. So. All right. Thank you. Brian, what are your thoughts about Collide? Well, before hearing all that, I didn't know much about it, just that it was a project that Lindsay works on. Um, mm -hmm. And hearing all that, I think it's such a beautiful thing that brings poets and artists and the whole community together. And um, it's great that that extra effort in building bridges is in place it's not just a normal uh just printing a poem but there's um a lot more uh death found there yes you know lindsay i'm old <laughs> old school <laughs> oh, i'm really old actually and <laughs> i know the word magazine where did this term zine come from why is it it's called a zine what? That's a good question, Michael. Uh, zine, I actually had not heard that term myself until I came mm -hmm. to Philadelphia for college. Okay. And mm -hmm. I, went, I went to an art college, and zines were a huge thing. And I asked people, you know, what, what the heck is a zine? Is it like a magazine? And the answer is it, yes. <laughs> um, it, it's kind of like a shortened version of the word magazine because it's not quite the same level as a magazine. You know, you don't have a, a large format. It's usually very small. So, like, our issues of Collide are uh, eight and a half inches by five and a half inches. So it's not a full page. And uh, they can be held very easily and distributed very easily because they also tend to be much shorter than a regular magazine. So mm -hmm. you can think of it as like a comic book. Um, so it's very like thin, uh, 
paperback and very easily distributed. That's how I would describe a zine. You know, I found this statement online, and it talks about the difference between a magazine and a zine. I want to share it. It says, magazines may focus on selling advertising space, making a profit, while zines are mainly created for spreading bold, strong, revolutionary ideas. What do you think about that? Does that sound true? Does that ring true to you? I, I really like that definition because uh, although we are required, or not required, I should say, but we are selling this as a way to roll over costs for printing because even though uh, uh, we would love to give it away for free, it is not free to print, unfortunately. So yes. uh, we do sell it at a certain price, but... Uh, I, I like to see it that that definition includes that it is more so for a revolutionary idea versus marketing and advertisements, which, as we all know, magazines go way overboard sometimes with. Um, and it's almost like you flip open a page and it's not even the actual magazine content anymore. So mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I like... Uh, and we do actually have ad space in the back of our zine, but mm-hmm. those are pay, those are almost like donations to the zine by local businesses that support the idea behind it mm-hmm. um, and want to contribute something to the cause. So right. it's really uh, the first thing you open up to in this is going to be a poem or a piece of art. Oh, wow. um, so it's really dedicated to embodying the whole community of creatives that is just so widespread in the Philadelphia area. Wow. Lindsay, why do you love poetry? To me, poetry is just another form of illustration, which is my main uh, mm-hmm. way of expressing myself. I'm an, a visual artist. Um mm-hmm. But I feel like poetry has a facet of it that can be put on the same level as a piece of visual art. You know, it's not just uh, words. It's feeling. It's emotion. It's alliteration. It's combining words in a way that, you know, we don't normally speak in. Mm -hmm. And when we do that, Sometimes you just get a statement or a phrase within the poem that really lights uh, something up in somebody's heart or it really comes across as like not a word anymore, but like something they have experienced in their own life. And I think that's so beautiful. It is. It is. You know, I made the statement that a zine is primarily encourages spreading bold, strong, revolutionary ideas, and I view you both as being bold and strong and revolutionary. Brian, in terms of your work with these Facebook groups, I've watched you. How do you wrap your mind about being revolutionary? Um, <clears throat> revolutionary is an ideal that strives to be uh, 
um, of integrity in its actions Mm -hmm. and its seeking of results. We live in a world where uh, corruption is more prevalent and um, a lot of things that are considered to be uh, normal actually bring about horrific results. So the label and term that is put upon some people as them being revolutionary, they just have uh, high ideals and convictions and a great deal of love for life. Hmm. I like that. You know, Lindsay, I found this statement, another statement. Zines are in no way mainstream. This type of publication is nonconformist, just like their authors. What do you think about that? Nonconformist. Um, zines are definitely not conformist because Correct. we're we're not uh, trying to follow a theme per se. Although that might be something we entertain in the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's more so about the artists themselves and showing their work to the world in a way that's unique and fun and not not in any way like uh, forced, I guess. Uh, like there's mm-hmm. no prompt or or that like when you apply to the zine, it's not like a contest. Uh, anybody can enter any age, any style of art, any uh, any kind of like work that you do day to day. You know, some some somewhere deep down, there's an artist that's just waiting to share their work, mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. what we're about. Now, the first two issues, the first issue was about what? You remember? Was your the thing? Are the themes? Was, yes. So uh, that that was what I was uh, trying to explain. It's not themed yet, but we okay. are finding that we get a lot of poetry and art that is similar in style mm-hmm. uh, to the point where if we grow so big, we might make this into a quarterly zine that mm-hmm. comes out with even more artists, but maybe not every month but every three months. So every three months, uh, not much larger, but a more uh, put-together, thematic uh, zine that uh, will just showcase even more the amount of uh, different ways that just even one uh, subject matter or... uh, theme can really be illustrated or written about, you know, so. Mm -hmm. You know, I would be remiss if I didn't ask about the title. Collide, tell me about the origins of the title. Why why Collide? Uh, Yes, Yes, uh, that's a question I get a lot. Uh, Mm -hmm. It came to me when I was thinking of titles because Collide is a word that means you know, collision of two or three or more different things. 
meaning they're crashing together, they're tumbling into morphing into all these different things. And uh, that is kind of a symbolic word that embodies what I think this scene is trying to do. It's trying to bring together creatives that probably would have never even met if they hadn't mm-hmm. both applied to the theme, you know? So mm-hmm. uh, we're just taking these two very different artists and putting them together to create this mesh of ideas and imagery. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Well, Lindsay, I'd like to thank you for joining us and sharing information about Collide. It's a worthy project. It's revolutionary, as I said. Any final words about it? Uh, All I can say at the moment is that even in this past week, I've been discussing ways to make Collide even more accessible and big Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. more community-based than it already is uh, with fellow artists that I also know in the Philadelphia area. So uh, I would say to the audience here on your podcast today that they should definitely give us a follow to stay updated, stay informed, and even get ideas for starting their own community zine project. I think it's a great way to connect people and bring the community together. Mm. So one more time, how can we find you? Yes. Uh, you're going to want to follow Collide Zine Philly on Instagram. Uh, And there you will find ways to apply, ways to help support our project by donating, or if you would like to place an advertisement in the back of our next issue, that is also where you can look up that information. And uh, you can even order past issues if you would like to check it out uh i can mail them to you uh so all of that will be on the link in the bio of our instagram collide billy all right well thank you (laughs) it's a pleasure to talk with you (laughs) and hopefully we have a chance i'll invite you back (laughs) to be one of my guests absolutely yes i love that we'll make it happen all right all right sounds good all right Thank you. We're going to take a brief break, and we'll be right back with Brian Starr. We are back. I am Michael Anthony Ingram. I am here with Brian Stark. Brian? Yes, Michael. <laughs> are Thank you ready you so to start this for... <laughs> Well, are you? <laughs> I, I'm ready. My, my, my all right. heart is, uh, is pounding. Ready no, to go. No, it's all right. <laughs> all right. Let's begin this poetic journey. Brian, what is poetry? Mm. 
Um, simply put, I think poetry is the language of love. Um, and when you know, when you have love, when you want to express love, um, that is the foundation to express every other emotion that we are capable of feeling. Um, people experience things in their lives and they want to express that um, f for their own express themselves but um, many times people put it out into the world seeking to share that love of expression so love the word love means so many different things to different people how are you able to quantify that on a poem how does that how does that come across how does that come out it takes a lot of effort Mm -hmm. um, it has been my experience. I began writing from a young age. But the more that I've written, and many nights, many days, um, pushing myself to, to just keep writing, it has given me the ability to go further and further into my truth and mm. ability to express my heart. Wow. I like that. I like that. I like the way you phrase that. So as you think about poetry in a general sense, then why is it important? Every poem that I write is so important to me because it expressed what I needed to express in that moment. It's not healthy to keep things inside of us. We need ways to express things. And that I can have my experience and put all of my love into each word mm -hmm. and then somebody else reads that and what that does for their life um, this is why poetry lasts throughout the ages mm -hmm. in the greatest of poems that have ever been created are well known today even if they were created hundreds or thousand years ago I agree please share a poem of course I am chipping away at something not there though it seems real the tears flow regardless some out of suffering, some 
when all I see is the love. My light shines upon a darkness, both equal if want inner peace. When the two become one, we'll find peace, said Jesus, I was told. Quences to actions. There is what stories we tell. There is universal karma. There is a bunch of vibration and frequency. There is everything. Yet I must stay where is nothing besides what is. When in deep meditation, where do I go? I am here, yet what is this really? Whatever it is, I believe in life is a blessing, worth thinking about solution to problem. I have thought it out. Into the darkness, find all my light. It was found back where started. I, in a way, took it for a walk, fast asleep. It is time, wake up. I, hold on to suffering, finding it hard, let go. I am chipping away at nothing. I am becoming everything, all forms of slavery, most ignorant to anyway. The solution is simple. Loving myself is the hard way. Oh, into the darkness, into the unknown. Finished. Wow. I need a moment with that one. (laughs) (laughs) It's a great way to start. Now, how does a poem begin for you, my friend? With an idea, a form, or an image? Mm. Well, so many things can spark that desire to write something. And um, I just turned 42. I started reading when I was seven. I think I wrote, wrote my first poem when I was 11. And I have tried many different um, techniques. And um, at, for many years, I would uh, just let the, I would have an idea or a first line or yeah, just something that I wanted to write about. Um, and I would just let that um, marinate uh, within my, my mind and my heart before mm-hmm. I would um, or I would uh, work out the whole poem or how I wanted to finish it. And then I might start there where I um, intended on ending it. And then I would write the poem and then perhaps I would get back to where I started from. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but, uh, normally though, and now I'm just uh, mm-hmm. trying to work through things and use my poetry um, just to express where I'm at, where I'm trying to get to, Mm -hmm. and what I'm trying to get away from. Oh, wow. Just just um, just the act of expressing my heart and showing myself 
love. Mm. And, yeah, I'm always, it's always in the back of my mind that every poem I write, I really want to inspire change in this world. And from my heart to to yours and everybody else's. Wow. You know, you answered one of my questions. I usually ask, what was an early experience where you learned that poetic language had power? You said that you wrote your first poem at the age of 11, I believe. Talk about that. What, how, did that how did your mind expand as a consequence of that, that in terms of what poetry can do? Well, um, just very quickly, I just started at the beginning that um, growing up, um, yeah, I was seven, and on my sister's mirror in her bedroom, uh, it was a Langston Hughes poem. Uh, Looks like what bothers me don't bother you, but I'm going to keep on at it until it bothers you too. So that poem kind of answers your question of how powerful poetry can be and impactful. Um, reading that, those lines had such a great impact on me. Um, and then, um, uh, not too much longer after that, I was reading um, the Bible, Um Psalms, uh, the words of Jesus. And these things just came across very poetic to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then going over to my grandparents' house, they had these pocket-sized um, Shakespeare, all the plays that he wrote. And I would read that like the age of eight, and I didn't know what he was saying. Mm-hmm. But I, I knew how to read, and I, I just felt I felt something from the word, maybe the gist of it. Uh, mm-hmm. It imparted in me um, just the flow that it was written in, even if I didn't necessarily understand all the words. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, when I uh, then I did a lot of reading at a young age, and then when I wrote my first poem, um, which was <laughs> called uh, What is Love? <laughs> really? And, okay. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, that was very special to me that um, all the effort I put in before that, all the reading mm-hmm. I did, all the thinking I did, and that I wanted to put something out into the world that would uh, make the world a, a better situation for mm-hmm. the inhabitants of this this world. You know, the word love, and we talked about it, it sounds like you write a lot about love. Correct me if I'm wrong. I In various forms. Yeah, I, I would say I often start there mm-hmm. and end there. Um, I do get sidetracked in the middle somewhere where I will focus a line or two on uh, suffering in the world. All right, because that was my next question. 
in addition to love, what are some of the other themes that you write about? Mm. Um, things were different in the past. Uh, the last mm-hmm. couple of years, my um, things I'm focusing on, I'm trying to love myself um, for the first time in my life. I'm doing things that are centered and focused on my well-being, where the majority of my life was used uh, using my love, sending it to out into the world. So mm-hmm. in the past, um, I would write a lot about our corrupt leaders and child slavery and all forms of slavery, and poverty, and homelessness, and uh, mass incarceration, and unequal education, and lack of medical attention. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't ever want to give up on things that need love poured into them, um, but it uh this is a chapter in my life where i really need to just look within and find um greater love for myself and in return by doing that i'll be able to put even more love out into the world and write even more amazing poetry so based on what you know about the world and what you've experienced is a poem Letting your guard down or building a wall? Hmm. Well, I've learned recently a lot about the masks that we wear and the stories that we tell ourselves. Um, so we might do things not realizing that we are we might think that we are bearing it all to the world when um, it might not be that, but our perspective is that this was the greatest that we were able to to accomplish. Mm-hmm. So I think the more you write, the more, for me anyway, the more that I'm writing is the more that I'm learning to dive deeper and um, just that I'm expressing my heart and I'm not, uh, yeah, you know, I just, I want people to, to feel it. So, um, I know, you know, there's all kind of poets doing all kind of things, but I, yeah, I definitely uh, don't intend for any walls to be put up. Now, does it hurt you to write poetry? If not, Mm. why not? Yeah, you know, in the past when I focused... <laughs> you didn't know what you were getting yourself into. 
<laughs> I'm sorry. I said you didn't no, know what no. you were getting yourself into when you came. <laughs> oh, I love it. I I'm love sorry. it. We should do this every day. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm sorry. I interrupted. I interrupted. Oh. <laughs> um, in the past, when I have focused, when I was not loving myself, and I was focusing on all this negative stuff, negative energy, heavy energy, um, putting myself into the shoes of other people. If I wanted to, I want to get through to people, I needed to understand them and how they think. So putting myself in other people's experiences and um, submerging myself in the suffering and absorbing that, thinking that that I was strong because my first and last name means strong in different languages and because I have so much love for life, I thought I could take on anything. And, um, yeah, over time that did uh, wear me down. And, um, yeah, all the, all the things, all the thinking and everything surrounding creating the poem, um, yeah, it can be very draining. But nice. recently... I really enjoy the poems that I'm writing mm-hmm. and I'm obtaining a lot of inspiration from them. Right. Please share another poem. Oh, sure. I walked upon the snow-covered trail in search of forgiveness and myself. All I found is what stopped me until came across what allow. How can I allow forgiveness if unable find forgiveness for what allowing? Snow-covered trails, I keep walking until all becomes clear. Found the forgiveness was not allowing. I surrender to you all the blessing and truth hold me as the trail holds the snow allowing forgiveness now i am walking on love allowing forgiveness now my heart is full allowing forgiveness oh now i know peace and joy allowing forgiveness mm-hmm. complete that was beautiful Brian, what do you think makes poets different from others? Mm. Well, from my experience, Mm -hmm. because there's all kind of, you know, everyone, I can't speak about everybody, I'll just speak about myself, that I come into this world and I'm told that this is the way it is about things. And this is who I am. 
and this is what I'm supposed to do. And pretty much all of that did not feel right in my gut. So I set out to find what is truth or my own truth or um, just what I could, instead of being told what is, I would go discover it for myself. And um, from a very young age, from the so I was three years old, and I look up out of my bedroom window, looking up at the stars for the first time, and I just fell in love with life. And I felt like I was guided to to ask people questions and read. And um, then about the age of seven, I learned about suffering in the world. And that's when I had the idea that I could use my love and use my poetry to to offer solutions to the world. Mm. Wow. You know, when I listen to your work, and it's only been these two poems so far, there's a level of self-awareness that you express that's, wow, it's very, I don't know, kind of sends goosebumps through me as I listen to you share. Mm. So what do you think is potentially the first step in becoming more self-aware? Well, it's been said many times that suffering will bring you there. Mm. Um, Yeah, I just, I've always been um, self-aware, mm-hmm. but yeah, I just keep finding greater levels to that, that there's always more. We think we got it all figured out, but if you keep looking, you'll always find more. Um, now, would you do just, your poetry, yeah. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I guess I'm so no, excited no, no with problem. you being here. <laughs> all right. Now, would you no, view your poetry <laughs> as being spiritual in tone in nature or something different? Um, well, I try and challenge myself and write um, in different ways and on different topics um, in different styles but yeah for sure um, anything I write it's coming from my spirit my heart right. mm-hmm. so you know uh, that I, I'm just writing from my heart people many different people might perceive my poetry differently um, I don't necessarily um, aspire to uh, be labeled in any way. I just okay. write from my heart and, yeah. Please share another piece. Sure. I love you as love loves love. As I love love and love loves 
me. I do hear the song of life in the winds or birds nearby. I do love them as a passing stream, a mighty or calm river, an ocean deep and vast, laughter while falling to ground. I am rolling around in love. I am exploring adventures, dancing with myself, giving into the story of pain. There is found hope of love, shaking all the sorrow out into the death and vastness of me, clawing my way out into love, from love unto love, to love further, learning love myself along the way. Oh, that will become only a first step toward a love today I unable imagine. Finished. Wow. <laughs> Do you know where the poem is going when you start it? Mm. Who's, who's driving? Who's driving? You are the mm. poem. Um, yeah, I think in the past, like, I put a lot more effort and thought into crafting it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in life, the more you do something, it just becomes more effortless. And especially combined with all the um, working I've been doing on myself, um, seeking out things that are that are transformative and healing. Um, this has just allowed me to um, express myself uh, so much. It's just like, uh, it's just all this, um, just something in me that, that needs to be said in that moment, uh, just a spark of, uh, creativity, inspiration, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, there's a lot of um, um, things, different techniques that you will find in if you read my poem. Um, but these things, I'm not doing it um, consciously. It's just oh. uh, it's been so ingrained into into my my pencil and paper. Please share with me the titles of five of your poems. Well, I have never titled a a poem. (laughs) Okay. Sorry. (laughs) All right. (laughs) I, um, I, uh, I date each one. So I have every poem that I've ever written, um, from, that first one, what is love? And I just write the date at the top of the page. And, um, yeah, uh, I, I guess maybe in the past I, I tried to do that, but yeah, it just doesn't mm-hmm. feel right to me to, to do well, that. Well, let's explore that. What doesn't feel right? You're the first person <laughs> that I oh, love nice. to. That's what they did. Any time. <laughs> I'm serious. 
and I've had over 300 people. <laughs> yeah, number 311. I knew you'd be special. <laughs> I knew you'd be special. <laughs> what about not titling your poems? I guess I'm just yeah, always I been against the labels. Oh, and, oh wow. Um, boxes and, uh, you know, there's just so much division in the world. And, uh, yeah, and just the the poem I'm writing, it's, you know, the title is, um, you know, this is my heart, and mm-hmm. uh, life is a blessing, and there's a lot of suffering in this world, and we could do something about it, but we're, uh, I don't we're we're doing something else, and we're believing people we shouldn't be believing. And uh, we can rise above all these things. So, you know, I'm just, um, yeah, I, I guess I'm just, I'm putting so much into the poem itself and expressing um, what I need to in the moment, mm-hmm. and. Yeah, so it just, it doesn't occur to me to uh, put put a title on that. All right, all right. You know, as you said, there's so much happening in this world, so much happening. There's the good, the bad, the ugly, and the indifferent. What I want to know from you, sir, is what do you view as being the role of a poet in modern-day society? Well, I can only speak from my own experience because there are many different poets and I have a lot of respect for for all of them. And um yeah, I I believe that poets have a that it's within them um a moral obligation to speak out against all injustices and that they uh, strive for not only the best way to express something but the best results a poet um, has a great deal of love for life and it's their moral obligation to express that love and to share it. Um, that's I'm gonna inter- I'm gonna interrupt you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what if I just want to write about being a rock? Right. <laughs> Rocks. And I don't want to write sure. about so what's that's why I say the there's so many different um you know I made like you said I made those groups on Facebook and people come there all the time who never wrote a poem before, mm-hmm. yet they had some experience in their life where they need poetry and they find a safe haven in Facebook poetry societies. Yes. Um, and... 
you know, where we start is not where we finish and why we get into something is not where it might keep us. Um, right, It's it doesn't have to be, poetry doesn't have to be the serious thing of all about diving deep. It can be a playful thing, too. Mm-hmm. A very yes. simple gesture. Um, it's just about Whatever it is that you you experienced, you needed to express it. If it were about, you know, if you're writing a poem, if someone says to you, hey, write a poem about a rock, you know, you can be creative with your words and push your limits, um... It can be the most simplest thing and yet come across so profound. Yes, so true. Um, Yeah. Well, let's take a brief break and we'll be right back. We are back. I am Michael Anthony Ingram. I am here with the one and only Brian Stark. Brian, earlier in the program, you mentioned Langston Hughes. All great writers have great writing influences. Who are some other influences that you view as being great to you in your work? Well, like I said, I started off with uh, Langston Hughes and... William Shakespeare. Okay. Um, so that was just a great, uh, giving me a great foundation to poetry. Um, my favorite poet that I've been reading for many years is Emily Dickinson. All right. Um, and it's uh, such a simple form. Yet there's so many complexities found with within her poems. So I would say she was uh, one of the greater influences on me. Um, right. Also, uh, Dylan Thomas and, um, yeah, so many others. Uh, I actually collected about 500 poetry books over the years. <laughs> Really? Which I have. um, The other day, I actually donated all of my belongings um, to a a veteran organization. It was very hard to let go of something that I 
love so much and uh, has made me the poet that I am. Mm -hmm. But I'm uh, seeking to let go of my past in many ways and move on to new chapters and I'm not able to bring these things with me. Okay. Right. Uh, Please share another piece. Sure. Kindness is the flow of life and that is a flow as there this life and air we breathe. Kindness is natural way of being and wanting for self as all those you know and even those not know. Kindness can be difficult obtain and lack of compassion found as assuming worst fear and indifferent the consequences. Kindness is love and desire express it as grateful the opportunity and thankful the blessing. Kindness is opening eyes and ears and not ignoring which do fear as the suffering gaining momentum and corrupted parties we keep electing. Kindness is what we all want and it is achievable as only takes imagine, play, and sing together now, if can. Oh, we shall overcome. Still need be sung. Freedom, utmost dignity for all, has yet to come. Complete. Wow. Now, do you view yourself as being a spoken word artist? I have um, challenged myself to Mm -hmm. uh, go on a stage in front of (laughs) other people and read my poetry. Where all right, yeah, I I have spent most of my time alone uh, Mm -hmm. with my pencil and paper and or going on walks in nature. Um, so it was very much out of my comfort zone. Okay. Um, but I have done uh, a good amount of uh, open mics, and the more I do it, the more I get comfortable with that. So what do you think is the relationship between your speaking voice and your written voice? If there's a relationship. Mm. Mm. Um, so sometimes I'll, um, in res- responding to somebody on Facebook, I uh, get a lot of messages or different interactions with people. Uh, my response um, comes across like a poem or... I might just say something and somebody um, tells me what a great poem that was. But mm-hmm. I was just uh, speaking from my heart. Okay. Um, so I will take those comments and I'll post them in the group like they're poems and people love them. 
Uh, the difference is that when I'm writing, um, yeah, they are more crafted. Um, even though I'm trying to write, I aspire to write from that same um, consciousness that I did with uh, with a response to somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, like I'm uh, always learning how to tear down those walls, and um, ultimately, I want whatever I'm writing to be from my heart and my utmost truth. I've got to ask this question. As I shared in my intro in terms of who you are and what you've been able to do, to manage groups like you manage with so many people, what was, how did, what was it like when the numbers just kept going up and up and up and up in terms of people joining? How did you feel? Yeah, it was pretty amazing. Um, <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> I, the group started with just me. Uh, I was because my poetry can focus on some issues. I was mm-hmm. kicked out of uh, some groups on Facebook. And so I wanted to have my, create a safe place where I could, I or anyone else could post about whatever they want. And um, I began going around to different groups and poets that I enjoyed reading. I would ask them if they would share in the group. Um, I just kept doing that for a number of years and that people would invite their poet friends and the, it was, um, the numbers were always growing steadily. Uh, but then one day, uh, maybe after eight or nine years, I, um, I always had a welcome message Uh, the pinned post of the group welcoming the -hmm. new members and what the group is about. And I decided to add, um, to tag all my other groups that I've made. I've made like hundreds and most of them are small groups. Um, but yeah, overnight the numbers went up, uh, thousands. (laughs) I've really done my best to no it's not it's not possible for it to stay what it was when it was a smaller mm-hmm. group but mm-hmm. i've really made efforts for it to have the same spirit to it the same feel um i've always said from the beginning that i'm not in charge poetry is in charge wow. and the only rule in the group is that we respect others mm-hmm. that I look at it like it's a poetry university where people can mm-hmm. come and learn and grow, but it's also a poetry home where we each have our own room with our own walls and we're wow. each free to put what we want on those walls. And, you know, no one has the right to come into your room and tell you, you can't do something or, anything negative uh, um, it's really a lot of supportive poets um, it's also a place like you know we as a poet 
you a lot of time is spent on your craft. So it's just yes. a, a nice place where poets can hang out and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, um, talk about whatever. You know, I should share with you that you're my role model in terms of what yeah. I view a poetry group should look like. And mm. uh, I want to follow in your footsteps in terms of building the page that I have to be something that is similar mm. in terms of being a place that people call home. Nice. You know, I really, I really commend you for your work. I really do. Now, we've reached a part of the program, Brian, <laughs> that I view as my personal favorite. It's called a mini, M-I-N-I, poetry concert. This is where you share two or three poems that you'd like to share, uninterrupted, no questions from me, back to back. My friend, you're on the stage. How many times has my life been saved? How many days of simple, blessed way? I am just a fragment, yet the littlest part of the entire, the universe and the more. What can understand, which never will? I am part of that. Names and labels will never express the true nature of things, especially which behind it all. When we do not believe or is doubt, that is only our own lack of ability to love. Our ego always has a lie ready to go to strip away all the distortions, both mental and physical, greater chance to reach love. I am part of that. You are too. We are one not what your ego just said. There is life and there is more. I stay there when at best, at my worst, I write poem about ending all form of slavery and beseech humanity care more and wait on heaven less. This is not love. This is a like rubbing dog nose in mess. I have been insane. All these years writing of utmost dignity and ending all these forms of slavery. Where has that got me? Was it love? Did it do anything? You must understand how many times I have been saved and who I consider my best friend. With an ongoing one-sided conversation for 37 years, I started with love, yet when... Yet then I thought, use it to end suffering. It was all ego and the lies it tells. This is not how it works. Oh, just be love. It is neither bullet nor the gun. They say a poet don't make no money. Well, I don't know, honey. They say a lot of things. Truth is, they all change. Yet they stay the same with religion, politics, and poetry. Such a mad world we live. We can write anything we want. We can say anything we want. So I repeat that muck. Say something bold and new. As being a poet is a respected job. Someone asked me what I do. I said, am poet. 
They said, that is brave to put myself out there as such, for not many do, apparently. What are you? What are we? Before I made this group, I heard all the time that poetry is dead, yet looks like poetry is doing very well. I see poetry used everywhere. I see a great many people need poetry, yet now I hear Yet now all I hear is get a job. A poet must work because poetry does not pay the bills. It helps not have any. It helps have other people around to survive. If go it alone or small family, a poet must have a job. Yet why would a poet go it alone? Can we not create new to change the way it is? Such attitude about poetry value yes it is priceless what is the value of a poet alive or dead what are the values in your head those who use poetry make millions yet a poet must stay in their lane whatever you say is true when go it alone coming together is a new song what is the tune how does it sound turning poets frowns upside down next we'll say a poet must be sad who is putting out all this garbage? Are they even poets telling us our craft is dead, yet we must be poor and want take our lines, yet not buy our books, yet want us give all we have, yet they don't have time of day? Poets unite somewhat, change things up somewhat, write your own rules. Don't be the king's jester, you fool. Are you here to entertain the masses? Is that your destiny, and all for free, all for love of poetry, just like a medicine and a doctor, or law and a lawyer? Noble arts of the world, people do out of love. Religion is what you do with your life. What do you believe every day? What path do you walk? Your connection to the universe. There are so many label and book we place upon our hearts. None has more credibility than another. We are all off somewhere. We are all humans. Faith does not count when it says you get everything want because that isn't having faith. You just want everything, so sign up with who you like and where you want to go. Most of your religion isn't concerned with suffering of others. Some religions supported slavery in past, and today we live in a world with child slaves, yet most expect heaven. Did your prophets never say a thing about anything regarding taking some responsibility for this world? Always another religion to blame. Stand behind what you believe, as I will do the same. Never feel like you are wrong. They say faith is doing what told. I say it is listen to your heart. Join the mob or sit by a tree. Want heaven now or all utmost dignity and elect who told. At least they, your religion too, blame the other political party. Be indifferent. Look away from homeless and those child slaves. Do what told. Have faith. Keep your mouth shut and head down. So your religion, it came from where? Though the hearts of a king and other powerful men angel-inspired, did not speak with a woman. There was one, and the angel said, Call him Emmanuel. So they called 
him Jesus, and he died for our sins, and we look away from those child slaves and homeless and hungry, so much suffering, except expect the corrupted leaders fix busy with your religion, waiting on heaven, having faith. What about those child slaves? Not your religion. So all the suffering became mine as I put it all upon a rock made of love. I blew it up, come the mud. Which am I? Judge me. Throw your stone. They sink to form a stronger foundation. I spent my life listening and questioning. What have you been doing? I have nothing but compassion, yet I will call it like I see it. What of those child slaves? Whom do you blame? Poverty. Who is at fault? No resolution. You just go along as a given religion. I found mine. Look up and deep inside and all of the holy books and philosophers and poets. My religion will never stop growing. Do you see what brings it all together? Oh, love of life, desire, and suffering. So, Brian, incredible work. How do we assist the voiceless find their voice? How do poets assist the voiceless find their voice? Well, if I were to write something and I put my heart into it and then Mm -hmm. somebody could read it and they might relate to what I said and how they received it. And that that then creates a seed um, that then stirs something inside of them that um, gives them greater confidence. You know, it's like uh, sometimes you might be self-conscious to, uh, like, is this right? But then you see somebody else do it. So you, mm-hmm. you're like, okay, I'll do it too. Um, the, the, all the poems that I read at a young age, um, it were many of those things, um, were things that I felt like were in my heart already that I didn't know how to say. And by reading it, it taught me how to express my heart. Do you think you were meant to be a poet, my friend? Hmm. Well, yeah, I think we're drawn to the things that that um, that we're most passionate about, or that bring us uh, joy. Hmm. I think it's so important to have a resource. You know, I, I want to spend my life trying to understand life and okay. why we're here and how and all these uh, so many um, so many great, wonderful questions. But it's important to have a resource in your life to be able to filter those things out. Yes. To to it's to to get it out of you. Um, so, yeah, I think, yeah, I feel very blessed that I have poetry 
to lean upon. So what surprises you about being a poet? Hmm. Hmm. Um, well, I just, I admire the, the constant growth and evolution that happens. Um, and that I will always keep growing. Sometimes, you know, I look back at my poetry and I'm surprised that I wrote something. I don't, um, I don't have any of my poems memorized. Uh, so sometimes I don't even remember that I wrote that, um, but just that I, I can keep growing and diving deeper and there's always more room for that exploration and expression. Um, so it's always a pleasant surprise that I um, have that ability. I guess um, something else would be um, how easily a poem can be misinterpreted by by the reader sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's always a surprising encounter. Most people love my poetry and um, say beautiful, inspiring things. Uh, but some people um, don't don't understand what I'm saying or how I'm saying it. Sometimes I might uh, lean upon my native Philadelphian uh, way of saying things, and mm-hmm. maybe they're from somewhere else in the world and uh, don't know such figures of speech or, or words. You know, you've answered all my questions before I even ask them. Because I want you to come back. We'll save this for next time. But the question is, tell me about a poem you were proud of writing but afraid to share for fear of misinterpretation. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to tell me tonight. This will be in part two. Okay. All right? All right. Cool. <laughs> come back. All right. <laughs> well, we've reached the end of our poetic journey Brian Stark, you're an incredible man. Thank you. This was a really great experience. Was okay. I'm glad. You're, <laughs> I'm glad. You're, it makes me happy. All the questions were amazing, and the, um, yeah, I can really tell you really love doing this. Um, five years, over five years, you've been doing it, yes. and. Yes. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm so I'm so blessed and, and honored to to be a guest. Well, thank you. Like I said, the sincerity in your work, I mean, it just pours out. I mean, all over the floor. <laughs> it's everywhere. <laughs> it's clear. Like I said again, it's sincere. It's authentic. Any word you want to use to describe someone who truly shares from their heart. Thank you. you. I think to me, I think I was born uh, at three eleven, and I'm your three hundred eleven. Oh uh, yes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you epitomize to me 
the heart, soul, and mind of poetry. Mm. So I want to thank you again for being with me tonight. And again, I do want you to come back. And for sure. uh, we'll, we'll figure that out. <laughs> and you can bring friends with you next time. Well, you did. You brought Lindsay. That's right, good people. Don't forget Lindsay Gill and Collide Philly. So a zine that's worthwhile, that's revolutionary, that's nonconformist, it's one that you need. Brian, how can people stay in touch with you, my friend? Well, um, uh, I am on Instagram, uh, Poet B. Stark, and um, on Facebook. uh, My page on there is Poet Brian Stark and Friends. Um, And then there's the group Facebook Poetry Society. Uh, However, um, in about a month, I am uh, going to a place where I can uh, continue to study yoga and meditation, and Mm -hmm. um, I will live there and volunteer there, and I'm not exactly sure what the Internet um, situation will be or how much. I know, I'm sure they have Internet there and I'll have access but I feel like a lot of my time um, is going to be spent doing other things. So I won't be online as much, but I'll I'll be Mm -hmm. around, though, for sure. All right. All right, then. Well, to the listening audience, it's been a wonderful night. And as I share with you every time we're together, let poetry ring somewhere throughout the land. All right. Good night, everybody. Good night, Brian. Good night. Thank you. Quintessential Listening Poetry Online Radio is available on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. You can also check out the website at qlpor.com.